Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here for our second installment of uh, Odd Couple on Script. I don't know. We didn't come up with a catchy name for this mm. activity. Page versus screen. So this is where we uh, have attained. Odd uh, Couple Uncut. This is where we've obtained scripts of uh, Odd Couple episodes, and we compare what's in the script to what's on the screen. Eve, and there's some interesting uh, variations or variances from what's on the script, uh, sometimes drastic, sometimes subtle. And today we're going to do the odd monks and the Ides of April. Two of our, both of these are from season three. Um, as we try to move chronologically through this. Yeah. The first episode we did two episodes from season two, we may go backwards and do season two because we are expecting some additional scripts to come in in a few weeks, maybe, uh, and one maybe season two. But for now, we're we're getting to season three. Uh, so we're going to start with the odd monks. These are, I think, two. Would you agree, uh, Carrot? These are two of our favorite episodes from season three. Yeah, I I would not most favorite, not top. That you know, season three was big. You know, it was biggie. Yeah, you're right. I'm probably um, not thinking of them in context. <laughs> but there are two episodes we like. Yeah, we like a lot. So the Odd Monks we're going to start with. Uh, you'll hear that we spend a lot more time on the Ides of April because there's a lot more um, changes there. Um, the Odd Monks has a very, very significant change in the script versus the episode, but there's not a lot of content changes. We'll, we'll tell you more about that in a second. So this... Script is dated final draft June 13th, 1972. Now, when did this episode air? Uh, it aired on October 13th of that year. So, this is you know, I'm getting a much clearer sense of their production schedule. It seems to start, seems like they start, they, they, they were in production from about May through December, uh, and then took the winter off. There's Maybe a new. Even there's a new Netflix movie called May December. Yes, I, I don't. Yes, uh, uh, that refers to something else. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is not a May December romance, but um, it seems that roughly from the spring through Christmas, uh, the spring and fall uh, was basically the time of their production. And, and did this did this air in the order it was produced? This it was the sixth one uh, taped and the fifth one that aired. So pretty much. Um, the, uh, it was the sixth one that they, that they taped. So they had already, yeah. So this is already June 13th. So they'd already been, I mean, we're just like, we have this final draft date. It's hard. We can't exactly peg like just because the script was submitted. Doesn't mean it was taped the next day. However, they were doing one in a week. And this is like Gary Marshall, who, by the way, Gary Marshall wrote the odd monks. It's one of the few episodes credited to him as a writer. Um, he's not like touching up this episode, writing this episode while doing all the others. So clearly if there were in final draft mode of the script it means that they've been rehearsing it, working on it all week. 
Um, Before we go any further, we should remind yeah. people they can get access to these scripts if they email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. That's 1049, the, the numbers, 1049pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Just ask for access to the Dropbox link that has all the scripts in them, and you can read along while we talk or just at your own leisure during the episodes or just read them and not watch the episodes. So sorry, continue, Garrett. But definitely don't just read them and not listen to us. Right. That would be that would be wrong. Well, I did offer that as an alternative, but you're right. They <laughs> they should. Of course, how could they? Because they couldn't know to get the, the they, they could stop right now and just read it and cut that, to the chase. That would be weird. But go ahead, keep going. But you'd miss you would miss some gems um from our of our insights. So I assume, Ted, that the one of the main changes you want to talk about here is simply Well, no, wait, let's not get to that yet. So for, for the no. episode, the episode itself, the, the script itself is dated. June 16, 1972, received. There's a there's a stamp that says received on it, June 16, yeah. 1972. And there's a name on the script. <laughs> yes, I did notice that. Okay, you want to talk? I was, I, I was going to say know, this time. I know nothing. Well, I, I, I think it's interesting to discuss. We have nothing to say about this person. The name is Julian McDonald, MacDonald. Yeah, right. I, Last time we talked about a, a Mr. John Kubachan who seems to have had a career subsequent to The Odd Couple in producing and writing for television. And we concluded that uh, he probably worked more for Paramount than for The Odd Couple. Uh, I'm making the same assumption here. That I looked up Julian McDonald on IMDb. I found three or four people by that name, two two of whom could have been working during this era, but they had very limited credits. So it's hard to say. Yes. So my guess is this is a person who worked at Paramount in some capacity, but is not known well enough to be uh, to be in the internets. But if somebody knows who this person is or is Julian McDonald and listening to us, <laughs> please be less. So, yeah. So you so let's get to the big revelation and uh, I'll set it up and you can give the reveal if you'd like, Gary, oh. uh, on page uh, four, three of this script, there's a cast list. And unlike many scripts that I come across, uh, the actual cast of who's going to play this, the lesser characters is filled in. And everybody is accurate in terms of the people who are listed here are the people who appeared on the show, except for one of the most important, or perhaps the most important guest star, that yes. if, if what had been on this page uh, turned out to be what happened in real life, I think this episode would actually be not one of our favorites. Indeed, because it is hard to imagine Brother Ralph, the main, as you said, the main supporting uh, character of this episode, being played by anyone other than Rich, our friend, proverbially, Richard Stahl, an odd couple hero, frequent uh, guest actor, perennial guest actor. It's hard to imagine anyone else but Richard Stahl playing this role. However, it turns out he was not the, turns out was not the original actor cast. And even more surprising is that it's an actor we do recognize, we know who he is, because he was in another Odd Couple episode in a major supporting role. And that actor is a Mr. Elliot Reed, who of course we know from which episode, Tim? That's the, uh, the pen is mightier. Right. He's Mr. Yeah, Ferguson. He, yes, the writing teacher. Gerard Ferguson. Also, Gerard Ferguson, man with a racket. Uh, 
Now, what's funny here is that that is also season three. And if you were watching, um, if you were if you were going by the order that the episodes aired in in season three, Pen is Mightier Than the Pencil was season three, episode four, airing on October 6th. The one right before Odd Monks, the following week, October 13th. And if you were going by that order, you might think, oh, well, they just used Elliot, so they're not going to use him again. But aha, no. Uh, Pen is Mightier was actually taped four weeks uh, three episodes after Odd Monks. So there clearly seems to have been some, some situation where Teddy Reed, sorry, he's, his nickname, I, I got to know of him by people who knew him as Teddy Reed. Uh, can was, you explain that? I don't remember. Did you I discuss? I think I discussed that in Pen is Mightier. You can go back to Pen is Mightier because oh. um, I did. I met him once a long time ago. Um, he, but clearly was scheduled. I mean, he's in the cast list while it's in rehearsal, it's possible he even showed up to first day of rehearsal for it to, his name to make this list. Uh, but he dropped out for whatever reason, and it clearly was no hard feelings because he came back basically three weeks later to do Ferguson. Where he was perfect. Where he's perfect. Now, it makes you wonder, was someone else in mind, did they have someone else in mind for Ferguson? Um, so... It is now clearly, you know, if you don't, the name Elliot Reed doesn't ring a bell to you first, obviously think of Gerard Ferguson and think of how, what a different kind of quality there would be in that, in that role. Yeah, I can't, I can't, it's hard to imagine that character, that actor playing this role because. I mean, I think, yeah. Go ahead. No, just because it, not because of him, but because of what Richard Stahl brought to it. Right. And, um, you know, a couple of differences. First of all, Elliot Reed was a more, at the time, a more recognizable, maybe not household name, but a very prominent actor with some prominent supporting roles in some big movies, including Inherit the Wind. Um, he was actually a, not a star, but a bigger star than Richard Stahl, who was this comedian who had, uh, was so well-liked by Gary Marshall that he kept, you know, using him all the time. Um, so it was a kind of a bigger, a bigger get to get Elliot Reed, uh, which is why they wanted to get him again, get him for another episode. Of, maybe he got another commitment. Maybe he got sick. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to play a monk. Maybe he didn't want to wear the robe. Uh, my, my, uh, my, my guess is he had a, he had another commitment or something. He was uh, else was working on conflicts yes. happened and he couldn't, he had to. Now there's a research project. Anyone want to go through his IMDb or whatever and see what was Elliot Reed doing in June of 1970? What else could he have been doing in June of 1970? Could have been a stage. I'm, I was assumed it was something oh, on stage. That's what maybe. I thought. Yeah. Now, wait, I'm sorry. You said you did tell us about why, you know, Teddy Reed in our first episode, but you can't tell us now. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, it's it's hazy because I was very young. At oh, the time. you mean can't because you don't remember as well. It's not that it's like illegal to tell us. It's not illegal. Okay. I'll just say that uh, as as we've discussed on the show, my father was uh, himself in, in show Eddie, business. Eddie, Eddie Garrett. Eddie, Eddie, yes, no, not not. <laughs> oh, <Eddie>. sorry, <laughs> not the odd couples, Eddie Garrett and Quincy's, uh, but Eddie Lawrence, and he, uh, I would meet all these character actors who he worked with over the years and hung out with and uh including louis gus is going to come up again in this episode 
Uh, next, sorry, next, uh, next one. No, in this um, episode of our podcast. Yes, this, this podcast. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And uh, I believe I met uh, Elliot, aka Teddy V, through another name uh, that I've discussed here, Everett, the writer Everett Greenbaum, who uh, was wrote the uh, the clown, the birthday party surprise surprise episode, and we went into a lot of detail about him and how he got mad at Tony Randall. But Everett was a good friend of our family, and I think it was through him, oddly, that I met Elliot Reed once. I, you, should, you should have asked them about this at the time. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I would have known the odd couple, I think, then, but I was not prepared. All right, so anyway, that's the that's a, the biggest revelation about getting these scripts, or getting this script. This is why this project is so much fun, because it's we can see what could have been, and this is a right. You know, the odd world of odd couple, this is a big could have been. Yeah. Uh, the other notable changes I observed, I don't know how big they are, but here's, I'll go through a list and then. Well, can it, we, I suggest maybe we go chronologically. I mean, these are more, unless you have some more general observations. Yeah. We can kind of go scene by scene just to indicate what, I mean, I, first of all, the, the outline of the script, the scene structure is pretty much the same. This is not a, there are not uh, like whole scenes that are were cut or missed things that are missing uh, from the TV show. Just some passages and some lines that are changed. But I thought maybe we could, uh, yeah, just go through scene by scene and what's. Well, I have different. it in order. I just I didn't write down okay. like it's oh, this. Yeah. So in, in the opening of the script, the teaser is slightly longer. Murder's actually on the phone to quote unquote the chief. Who I guess <laughs> is their editor at the beginning yeah. of the of the episode. That's the only thing I noticed in the first screen. Uh, for re- significantly, it's not even that significant. That's the only thing I noticed that's worth calling out in the first scene. Did you find something else? Uh, sure. Well, we just were talking offline about. Uh, I mean, a couple of. We're not going to go through every single change line, just ones that are notable. I thought it would. Uh, I was struck by Oscar comparing, he's complaining about his ulcer, he com- says, compares his stomach as a, to a nuclear testing site. Very 1972 joke, uh, which you confirmed for me, Ted, is not in the uh, the broadcast version. It's not in the broadcast version. Perhaps uh, considered bad. bad I, think, I think the version of that in the show is feels like I swallowed the Middle East. There you go. Oh, well, even more topical. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. I remember that now. Um, another thing that is missing from the script that Penny Marshall either improvised or was put in by someone else is you remember when Felix comes in completely looking like a zombie from being worn out from work and Myrna's leaving and she says, and in the script, she says, hello, Mr. Unger, and then goodbye, Mr. Unger. But what's missing there is what yeah. I remember. So so funny from that line. Yes. Hello, Mr. Unger. You look terrible, Mr. Unger. Goodbye, yes, Mr. Unger. She says, oh, hi, Mr. Unger. <laughs> you look terrible. And then goodbye. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a nice ad. Um, and then, okay, so then Brother Ralph comes in and uh, the script is is overall the, 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 the topics of the dialogue are the same. But some interesting changes made for the TV. Uh, originally, he says, and Ted, you have the the, broad, the broadcast dialogue there. What is this? For, you'd make this man a hamburger? He says, for $10, I'd make him. 
Uh, is that what you're asking me to say what yeah. he says? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh, for dentists, I make him chicken cacciatore. Right. And in the script, he's egg foo young. Ah. <laughs> I don't know why they changed that. Uh, we all remember, of course, the talking bra joke. Yes. Felix, the commercial Felix did for Ralph Jecker in the script. It's the bra that talked for some reason. That was right. funny. And, the, and you can see them build. Uh, there was only one reference to the bra that talked and you can see how by the time it aired, it became the talking bra. And then when brother Ralph says how he quit, they added the line said goodbye to the talking bra. <laughs> yes, I see. Yep. Which is not in the script. So they kind of went, ran with that more, the talking bra idea. Um, and before we get to the monastery, uh, the, Something not in dialogue, but I just and not even a change, but I was just cool to see in the stage directions because I think I, I seem to remember when we did podcasted about the show, we I thought we I think we talked about this. Is that scene that incredibly uh where they're overlapping before yes. when Felix gets fed up and decides he's gonna quit and go to the monastery, it's like Oscar's falling asleep, waking up, getting dressed, and they're running around the apartment trying to get their stuff together. And 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 before Felix says like stop, and the way uh, Gary Marshall actually says in the stage directions, the odd couple, which is sometimes how they're referred to, <laughs> sometimes doesn't say Felix and Oscar. It actually says the odd couple, give the impression of a tremendous amount of activity, and then describes in separate stage directions what what each of them is doing and what each of them is saying, and so. Uh, when you watch it, you don't really hear everything they're saying because they're talking over each other. But Gary Marshall writes out their their speeches one after the other, and then says these are happening simultaneously. So I thought that was cool to see. Where do you see that, by the way? What page, page thirteen. Page thirteen. Oh, but isn't that? Oh, that's after he leaves. Yes. Sorry, I after thought, Brother Ralph leaves, after but they're Ralph, not at the monastery. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm just looking for where it says the odd couple because I didn't, I didn't see that before. I guess it's in the stage where it's all caps. Yeah. When, before they go into their speeches. Oh yes, I see it. Yes, the odd couple. Yeah, got it, got it. Um, okay. All right. So now we'll go to the monastery. Yes. So at the monastery again, I think I uh, maybe observed less than you did. I also looked at this a uh, longer ago. Um, the, so Felix goes to the monastery and I didn't observe anything that different until Oscar arrives. Right. The first scene is he gets his robe and the Sunday like orientation <laughs> saying the, jokes about the shoeshine man and the megaphone man. And the big, the big difference, which is pretty big is that the end of the first act is Oscar showing up, which is right. not the end of the first act of the real show. And he says, "Hi, brother. How the hell are you?" He like he walks into Felix's room, and <laughs> and says, "Yeah." Well, actually, uh, it, the, I'll just I'll read what it says. It says, "Suddenly through the door, with a little overnight bag, comes another monk with his hood up." Felix says, "Oh, come in, brother. Welcome." Monk pulls back his hood, and we see a man wearing a baseball cap beneath it. It is Oscar. Hi, brother. How the hell are you? And that's the end of the first act. Yeah, it's kind of weird because my memory is Oscar's not thrilled to be there. He's not thrilled to be there. Well, I don't know that this makes him sound like he's thrilled to be there. So that's a noticeable change. Um, and I don't think that's where it ends in the show, at least as abruptly. Maybe there's a quick 
end to the act when he shows up, but it just feels very different in the script. Um, that's the biggest thing I observed in 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 the first part of that episode. Uh, I also have a note that we notice we we learn somewhere here that Rhoda Zimmerman lives in a trailer. Did you notice that in the? In the <laughs> no, script? I did not. Uh, um, there's a scene. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So there's uh, in this episode, Rhoda Zimmerman comes up first when Felix says uh, when Felix decides to go to the monastery, and he says, "You you will find me, Oscar. Tonight you can find me seeking contentment at Brother Ralph's retreat." <laughs> You're right. I skipped over this movie. Again. Oh, yeah. Oscar says, I got news for you. I got news for you, Felix. Tonight you can find me seeking contentment at Rhoda Zimmerman's trailer. Which, by the way, is out of order. So that actually comes before. Doesn't that come before Oscar says, hi, how the hell are you? Yes, we're going back. Yeah. We're going back. Yes, yes, so. I'm going back. Going yes, back. yes. And uh, now, now he does say in the episode that aired, he, he he says tonight you could find me seeking contentment at Rhoda Zimmerman's or something. Yes, right. It's her apartment, right? And <laughs> this, you think this literally means she lives in a trailer park in New York City? Well, that's the problem. Is I don't. <laughs> why would he say trailer if he yeah. didn't mean a trailer? And where do you live in a trailer in New York City? Right now, I'm open to this having a different context than I keep coming to. But I mean, if she's not a movie star, you know, with a trailer on the lot, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't so, recall there. It, maybe in the set early seventies, there was a, you know, with the recession, there was areas of the city that had trailers <laughs> for I don't less okay. lower privileged people to live in. I just don't think that was true. Yes. Uh, while we're talking about Rhoda Zimmerman, let's. I'll just skip ahead to in the episode we know and love. Uh, later on, when Oscar's asked to share with the group, yes. We remember he says, boy, do I miss Rhoda Zimmerman. That's not in the script. That is not in the script. Instead, yes. and this brings us to my next uh, difference I was going to point out. Instead, we get uh, a reference to something else that's different, which is that we all remember the toothpaste tube, right? Yes. Because yes. there are no magazines in the Brother John. Right. And Oscar's desperate to read, and he uses his toothpaste tube. In the script, it's a matchbook. I have that noted as well, that that's a major difference. I'm not surprised they changed it because the matchbook is stretching it. <laughs> Why? Oh, reading because a matchbook. Yeah, it, yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. not, it, it, toothpaste tube has some words on it, you know, very small. And uh, I have a feeling that when they actually did it on camera, it, it might have been even too small to read. Yeah, you know? it, look, it looked silly at the time, maybe. But what's even funnier or weirder is that when they get to that point, the sharing scene where Oscar has to say what's been on his mind or what I think they phrase it as like, what are just anything that has come come to your mind or before your eyes today? And he says, close cover before striking. Right. Instead of I miss Rhoda Zimmerman, which is, I assume, the words on the the only words on the matchbook cover. So the other two other, so further along in the script, um, the dinner scene at the monks uh, retreat, there are two pages of dialogue that do not show up in the episode. It's a longer right. scene. Uh, Oscar actually starts the scene and 
uh, everyone's getting food. And Oscar says, what is that? Two pieces of bread? Again, a nothing sandwich. I'm not sure why he says again. I don't remember where that came up before in the script. Uh, he right. starts to leave and Felix says, where are you going? And Oscar says, Felix, come here. I've got a confession to make. Felix says, tell me all, my son. Oscar says, I'm going bananas here. Three days and I've been watching you. I've been watching you stare at you. And don't tell me I looked at a bush, at a tree, at the sky, at a rock. I even looked at the donkey that I'm riding back to New York where there's <laughs> excitement and things to do. He grabs his stomach, Ugh. Felix says, CC. Oscar says, oh, never mind, CC. What I need is a laugh. Felix says, all right, Oscar, maybe we do need a laugh. You love fun. Let me see. I was always known as a bit of a cut-up. Yeah, what do you want to do? Felix says, let's. Oscar says, what, what? What are we going to do? Felix says, let's wear our sandals on the wrong feet. Which he is, which crack, Felix is cracking himself up. Oscar okay. says, I think your cut-up days are over. Uh, and then we get to where the scene actually picks up with Brother Ralph saying, Brother Ralph saying, I, and now we're going to share a moment yes, of meditation. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So the, I'm noticing in these scripts, we'll get this where there's like a beginning to a scene that has been cut or an end, a ending where it's hard to say. It's might've, it might have been filmed because it would be very easy for them to cut out and start the scene with Brother Ralph. So it's possible. They, the donkey does get a reference later uh, when. Felix says we're going to all get to ride the donkey tomorrow. Right, and this, I, as I'm reading this, and maybe this is obvious to others, it reminds me a lot of the Fat Farm. Yeah, right. It's the Very same similar setup, right? Yeah, and the same dynamic. Fat Farm was first. Fat Farm was yes. Too. Yeah, that I remember. Uh, so, to me, the next big change comes at the very end of the script. Do you have something before the tag that you want to discuss? Uh, no. Okay, so the tag, which of course in the show is the big sing of Buckle Down Winsaki. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> but in the tag, there is singing, but it says in the stage directions, Felix rises and starts to sing a song, To Be Chosen. Yeah, incredible. So <laughs> I don't think, did you ever, did we ever figure out why they, because they sing that song more than once in the show. No, not well. Oh, but they sing buckle version in the of series. Buckle Down Winsaki in the series, right? In the series, right? And uh, I'm I cannot right now place the first time they sang it, and it's also referenced. But we never uh, figured out why that song was important to the Gary Marshall or anybody, right? No, I mean, if we, if we find out later, it's Oscar's only one of two favorite songs, and we right. assume it's because it's a sport, so it's a football song. It's a so reality. it is. It is interesting uh, that a they didn't pick a song like Gary right. Marshall wrote the script and didn't right. pick a song, right? And then how did they end up with what I think is a very obscure song? But I think you yes. didn't you think I think it, I think no I I it was obscure to me, but I think we gathered that it had some recognition from people of that generation. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a few things about this. Yeah, I I mean that's what that's gold when you find that in the script where it's like literally insert song here <laughs> like every, that's the only time we have first time we've seen something in these scripts where it's like literally we're going to figure this out on stage and what that tells me is first of all that tony randall as I, i've always suspected had a large role to play in when felix sings uh because these are all songs that tony randall knows and loves to sing and that they would just kind of leave this up to him um although there's 
the other part of this episode where Felix sings uh, the cloud with the cloud with the silver look for the cloud with the silver lining. Remember that? Uh, which doesn't always air these days when it, it's, it's aired for rights issues. But that is, I was surprised that that was, not surprised, but I, I noted that that was in the script already. Okay? Because that feels like a total Tony Randall Adler to do. Oh, I said break into I, Okay, yeah. I, dis, I, must, I must have noticed it when I read it, but I didn't call that yeah. out. So it's so they did figure that one out. But what this reminds me of is what we read uh, from people involved with the show have said that the tag was very often an imp not improvised, but kind of thrown together at the last minute on the set. Uh, and we have seen a lot of difference differences in tag tags that are written in the script that were thrown out. Um, or in this case, literally like we haven't figured it out yet, but it's going to be something about the monks singing. And what's also different is here it's in the, sh in the, the uh, broadcast version, as I recall, it's Felix with the monks saying, Hey guys, you know, uh, Oscar's had a rough time and why, why don't we sing him a song? Why don't we do, just give him a little treat to, you know, cheer him up. And then that's when they get into the Oscar met with new lyrics. How do I, I, that's really funny in that episode. It's, it's not the lyrics from Buckle Down with Saki. It's, uh, it's the lyrics with Oscar Madison's name in it, isn't it? I don't remember. <laughs> now I'm going to Oscar go Madison. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, I guess it's not in the script, in the transcript I have of the show, but I'm going to go with you. All right. I, I, I'm prepared to be wrong about that. I know there's, that could be another episode, but anyway, so it's in, in the way it ends up is Felix has kind of rehearsed these monks to do this little tribute to Oscar where Oscar is not thrilled, is kind of just confused and kind of like deadpan at the, his reaction to this. Uh, but in the script, it starts as Brother Ralph saying, Brother Monks, now that we are sitting down to our last dinner, it is customary for one of us to lead us in song. Which, to which I say, really? <laughs> That's something I think of these monks doing. And then uh, he continues, Brother Felix begged me for this honor. So if you please. And then Felix rises and starts to sing, song to be chosen. As he sings, the brothers gradually all file out. So this makes it sound like the brothers are sick of him, including Oscar. But this is weird, I thought. After a moment, Oscar returns and Felix doesn't notice that everyone's gone and says, everybody sing. And stage directions say, now Oscar joins in with him. Like Oscar's having a good time. So that all felt like not organic. Uh, no wonder they changed it. Yeah, I think it works a little better the way they have it. Uh, okay. I do have one yes. one more general observation about this before moving on. Do you remember how uh, when we first talked about this episode? I think I, uh, that Gary Marshall doesn't go on the record with, about a lot of the episodes, but in this one case, he wrote it, and he has a, an anecdote or a story he tells all the time about this episode, which is that that Jack and Tony were so tired of having to memorize yes. all these lines they, that yeah. I thought it would be funny to write. An episode for them to take a vow of silence. Yes, I do remember. You know, they this. wouldn't have to complain about that. Now, that's a, that's a funny story, but I remember what we, we saw. It's like, well, it's not the whole episode. It's just the, the one, the baking scene, the bake off. You say uh, when they have to be silent, uh, they get three chances, and and then, so I was curious to read the script just to confirm. It is three pages of a forty-something page script. 
<laughs> I wonder if for them though it felt a little bit noticeable. Well, obviously it plays longer, yeah. No, I just uh, meant for them as a that that week. I wonder if they felt that they had less to memorize, which they're grateful for, even if they weren't miming the whole show. Well, you got to wonder though, like the yes, memorizing lines are hard, but actually that scene instead of dialogue has tons of business. I mean, they're doing all the stuff with the with the dough and the bread and the props, and it's actually the 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 scenes are taken up by a long list of stage directions. Maybe that's easier so, for them. I don't know. I'll tell you as. Uh, from an actor's point of view, it can be just as hard to remember physical business, you know, in a way. But uh, anyway, so I, that so you're calling, story... You're saying Gary Marshall's a liar, I think. I'm saying Gary Marshall is uh, telling a tall tale. <laughs> I think we should be... Right, his version of it makes a good story, but it's clearly not really... Maybe that's how, Maybe that was his initial impulse, but clearly that's not how the episode turned out. Got it. Last thing about that scene is there is a lot missing... A lot, a line missing from the script that I did miss, because it's funny, when the guy, Brother Lou, right, is the guy who's keeping score. Yep. And the lot when remember when brother when it's two to two and Brother Lou says, it's a tie ball game. Yeah. That's that's, that's not, not a script. Oh, okay. I missed that. That's a good that's a good call out. Okay. All right, now I'm done. All right. So now we're gonna move on to the Ides of April, the uh infamous Tax episode, and I say infamous because it was admittedly stolen from the Honeymooners. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this is uh, written by Mark Rothman and Lowell Gans. And uh, this is a revised final draft, which despite that is not similar in many ways, or in some ways, I should say, to what's on the air. This is dated December 8th, 1972. Right. So we're at toward the end. So this is interesting. We had... Odd Monks was written and taped toward the beginning of the season three schedule. And now we're toward the end of the season three schedule in December. Um, and it also, it aired pretty much pretty, it aired in January, a month later. Um, so it's, it's not, it's pretty much in order. But so this had a lot less time in between filming and airing is what you're saying like a month versus like yeah. four months for the well that's right well this is the thing all the things they did at the beginning of the season had to wait till september at least right you know so they 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 started way in advance of september but so they clearly the, caught the up Sep yes so yes. something in december you think could have aired in february or march but it aired actually in january right well, and, and when we get to them, I'll, we'll talk about my strife in court, which is one of the, which is an even later episode of season three. Uh, so there's a lot. Well, I mean, you know, I've been thinking I could. I, one day I'm going to post my my list, my definitive um, list of the order written, order taped versus order aired. And won't you Bob kind of see? Won't Bob Leskowitz, Leskowitz sue you then? Leskowitz. Or Bob and Ed, no, Ed, no, wait, you're thinking you're confusing Bob Ed, LeJack and Ed Gross. Ed, Sorry, oh, Ed, Ed Gross. Gross. Okay. Well, what Mr. Gross, well, Miss, I'm relying on Mr. Gross a lot, that's true. But um uh what he does not do is do a side-by-side -side comparison. Oh, I see. Okay. Shows you how things got jumbled up. And now and you have not, and now we have dates. You have script dates, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's huge. Uh so anyway, I think it's interesting that this aired 
uh, like six weeks after it was written. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of differences here. Uh, so in the opening scene, if you remember, this is where it's raining out. Uh, Oscar comes in and there's a lot of discussion. And then there's a, a telegram so that shows up. He didn't, he didn't get kind of the, 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 the diversion. The, you know, the red herring is that it's about Felix's pills that Oscar forgot to get. Right. So mm -hmm. in the script, Oscar's carrying an umbrella when he walks into the apartment, which is not true in the show. Uh, there's a, in the show, there's a joke about um, a fern, and mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact joke. Do you, do you remember the? Yes, in the show, he comes in with the raincoat, and 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 Felix complains about the raincoat getting everything wet, and so he shakes the raincoat onto the fern onto the plant. Oh right, and so that was, uh, and that's not in the. Right, and it's not in the script. Also, in the show, he throws his coat in the hallway. That's also yes. not in the script. Yes. That great line where he says, satisfied. And uh, in the show, uh, Felix talks about smashing my vaporizer and I'll clog to death, which is not in the script. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so a joke. Kind of, yeah, they kind of develop this dialogue. They kind of exist. As they played with it, you can tell sometimes they're just going further with it. Yeah. Uh, in the show, there's a joke about Al Capone having opera records and a machine uh -huh, that's right. made of soap. And that's but different. In the different in the script, it's a sauna. Al, Al Capone had a sauna. <laughs> uh, there's no joke about wiring a fractured draw a jaw in the script that we do see in the episode. Uh, now that's all I observed in the opening before we get to the the next scene of what's different in right. that opening bit. You know, it's funny. I before I did I went back, as I often do, which is interesting. I try to read it first and then. If I have questions, I go back and watch the episode. Uh, and I had forgotten that Ogden Talbot really is in the episode as the postman in this. What do you, when you say really is? What does that mean, really? Well, I saw his name in the script. Uh, oh, yeah. Our friend, our, one of our favorite bit players, Ogden Talbot. I don't know if he's one of our favorites. <laughs> well, okay. He's, well, just, he's a familiar. Uh, a, a, he's a, a recurring bit player. player. Uh, I would right. describe him as I uh, he's not one of my favorite. Maybe he's one of you. But yours. anyway, I thought he had already disappeared by season two, and uh, here he is in season three. So yeah. And he plays he plays a deliver uh, for the Christmas episode, I think. He's the guy who sings the singing telegram to Oscar on the wait. The isn't he also in the baby episode of season yes. two? Yes, yeah. He's in a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um but yes, he is in the script. Everyone who was in the, we should, I guess I should have said this earlier. Everyone who's in this episode, uh, including somebody who appears in the episode but doesn't actually get any time, who does get time in the script, we'll get to that, is listed as the cast. So the, the guest cast is correct. Yes. It's actually what aired. Um, but okay, anyway, so you're so I think we're gonna move on to the to the to the post. Yep. Okay, so after Felix finds out that the IRS wants to see him. The opening of the next scene is uh, has extra dialogue uh, and, and a little bit of a longer scene. Uh, so when Oscar, well, when Felix comes into Oscar's room and wakes him up, uh, he talks about all the things he could have done. And he's, he's much more, I mean, he's worried in the show, but his worry, his anxiety and his, his thinking about what could have happened is more overt. So he says, 
Oscar, during the last two hours, I thought things over with a clear head. Things have a way of clearing up when you take nose drops. Now let's consider all this in the light of reason and with unemotional logic. One, I'm in big trouble. Two, I'm in trouble. Oscar says, three, you've got nose drops on the brain. Felix says, I think I've recovered. I've discovered what I did wrong. Remember when I bought that expensive camera for my studio? Well, I wrote that off as a business expense. Oscar says, that's allowed. Felix says, but the only time I used it was to take pictures of my kids. That's personal business, isn't it? Oscar says, not, Oscar says, not if you send your kids a bill. <laughs> Felix says, very funny. What am I going to do, Oscar? Oscar says, all right, Felix, one friend to another, you're a maniac. You haven't done anything wrong. You fill out the best tax return in the United States. Now go to sleep. Sleep, are you kidding? I'll be up half the night. Okay, pace quietly. Good night. Go ahead. And I think that that kind of like blends into where this yeah, now is. Yeah, now I think it sinks up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that he has it's just this whole it's, story about yeah, the camera. Yeah, the camera. That's actually the big difference. Right. Um, also, there's a, there's a gag with the beer bottle in Oscar's bed mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. not in the script. He hugs it like a teddy bear. Oscar references his bartender is studying to be an accountant. He, that's in the script. Yeah. yeah. But Felix then says, points out he's 68 years old in the script. <laughs> right. Um, so the next thing I observed is after Dr. Melnitz, or no, sorry, before Dr. Melnitz. So what happens there, is yes. Felix, the part, part of the purpose of the bedroom scene is Oscar convinces Felix to take some sleeping pills. And then we get to, as, as people will remember, the next scene, Oscar wakes up and doesn't see Felix. And it turns out Felix is OD. He thinks Felix is OD'd on sleeping pills. And so he calls Dr. Melnitz to come over. In the meantime, he tries to keep Felix walking. And all those funny gags about how Felix and Oscar walk around, those aren't even spelled. It's not even like the script says, Feel the odd couple does funny business to <laughs> right. keep Felix awake. It's just none of it is there. So Right, so clearly. It, yeah. it feels like something they probably improvised at the time or added at the time. Uh, when Dr. Milnitz arrives, he makes a joke about golfing, how he, he's the only, I guess he's the only doctor who's up at this morning without a golf club in his hand. Mm -hmm. right. And that is not in the script. Oh, right. Uh, and at the end of the scene, in the script, Oscar says, if I give you a full bottle, will you take them? Instead of asking for breakfast. So at the end of the yes. scene, yeah. Right. In the in in the script, after he, Mel, it turns out there's nothing wrong with Felix. He only took one sleeping pill and there was only one left. That's why the bottle's empty. And Oscar's really pissed off that he had to call Dr. Melnitz for expensive house call for no reason. Melnitz leaves and all and Felix is explaining what happened with the pills. And all Oscar says is, Felix, if I give you a full bottle, will you take them? Right. Kind of, kind of, kind of mean. Kind of mean. Um, but instead, what they do is actually funnier, which is that Felix then gets up to go get dressed. If Oscar says, like, okay, you got you to go get ready for your appointment. And Felix like slouches back to the, his room to get dressed. And Oscar says, what are you doing? He says, what? You, you, aren't you going to fix my breakfast? And then Felix actually turns around and goes to the kitchen yeah. to start the breakfast. So, Which is a better, that's better. funnier. All right. So the biggest difference here, and I think you and I are going to try to yeah. read this together, is if you notice in the show, uh, one of our, truly now one of our favorite guest actors, Louis Gus, 
uh, who you may remember most from the Cordo episode where he plays the guy the who producer, yeah. The producer. Uh we see him sitting in the lounge or the waiting room of the IRS, but he never gets any dialogue in the actual episode. And we assumed when we did that episode, we didn't yeah. know we'd have these scripts that something was right. cut out. And now we right. know what is cut out. Exactly. His name even appears in the cast at the end of the episode. Yes, so right. We, we suspected it was filmed, it was taped. So and uh yeah. so there's about two pages of dialogue here uh or three before the, the scene picks up in lee ferret's office now are you who's or who am i who's doing who are you felix are you reading felix or am i reading felix i want to read i want to be louis okay so Man. uh <laughs> so this this is all stuff that we do not see in the episode so felix gets to the office he notices lee j ferret's so first of all when he gets there there's a um he's carrying a copy of his returns. He crosses to the office door, looks at it, and reads Lee J. Ferret. Well, he's gonna get a piece of my mind. The nerve of him. Now he sees a piece, a sheet of paper taped to the wall and reads it. Aha. He takes out a pencil and erases something from the return on the wall. Then he writes something in that spot. So what we're supposed to the joke <laughs> there is, is that there's a if you know now this. So there's a joke later in the show that doesn't make any sense until it does now, until now, where yeah. Lee Ferret tells Felix that they're going to put up his return on the wall. Right. So right. now we see that in the episode, they have an actual model tax return on the wall, mm -hmm. but right. Felix corrects it because he even finds right. an error there. Right. Oh, my God. I didn't make that. I was wondering what this stage direction was about. But yeah, because then he she says, we're, we're even considering using yours to replace the other. And Felix says, as well, you should. Right. Which is, uh, turns out he's not just being he's not just uh, being a narcissist. He actually saw the error in the other one. <laughs> okay, so now he's pacing, and uh, yeah. and there is a man in the waiting room looking at him. Says, "You want to sit down, pal? You're making Felix, me nervous." Felix sits down. The man is intrigued. He edges closer to Felix and becomes confidential. Hey, what you do, pal? Write off some cutie as a business deduction. I haven't done anything if it's any of your business. Sure, sure. None of us have done anything. This is the eighth straight year I haven't done anything. And then Lee Ferret comes out and says, is Mr. Unger here? Now, says, this is actually interesting because this is now where the scene picks up. Right. Yep, in the, in the broadcast. Yes. So what we have here is with this version you're seeing when Lee Ferret enters, has lines that are cut from it. I was I was bothering bothering Ted thinking there must be evidence in the clips where you can hear it, but you can't. But I thought they're knowing it, if you watch it, there's a there's one point where I think you can tell there's been a cut. But there's a yes, they cut out well we'll get to it. There's a little more dialogue from Louis Gus that is cut out for the episode, but it's hard to hear the cut. You could maybe see it. So Felix says here, Lee Ferret says, would you step in here please? Felix says, these people were all ahead of me. This man's been waiting for eight years. So, but so, no, so that, yes, if, so we have all that, is the way it plays on TV is Mr. Unger here, would you come in here, please? And Felix says, well, these people were all ahead of me. Now it's funny when you're watching it, these people are, who, who are they? <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't met them. And so, and he actually is supposed to say in the script, 
these people are all ahead of me. This man's been pointing at Louis. This man's been waiting for eight years. That's not in the show. No, they had to That's, snip it out. They right. snipped it out. And then the and woman then says... Her reply is fine. Mr. Unger, you're next. We've been waiting for you. Then they have to snip out Louis saying, good luck, pal. And Felix says, so tell Felix me what says, kind of... Yeah. Tell me what, oh, right, this is the show, this is what the show is. Tell me what kind of guy right. is this fair. Right, so the last line Louis Gus says, which we never hear, is good luck, good pal. Luck, pal. Right. Right. Now, I do think, I do remember in the actual show, there is a shot, there's a very quick glimpse of him. And I do, see him. Yeah. and I do think you can see him finishing a word. Yeah. And it must be the pal. They clearly had to snip those two lines out. Now, amazingly, it plays fine. Without it. Right, but they could have left in "Good luck, pal." I don't know why they had to quit. Why they had to they had cut his? I know they could have, but it would have been weird because they had to cut his whole. But character. this man's been waiting for eight years. Could have still been yeah. funny. It could have absolutely still been funny, yeah. But we would have already been suspicious. Like, why did you hire Louis Gus to just do? Well, I don't know that the audience is in 1973. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're demanding it. Look, I have to say, I remember being so intrigued by this that I was demanding the Gus cut. Well, here we and we have it. We, we have got it. it. And you yeah. know, what? it's actually not that much. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not it, like they did hire him for a very small bit. And the best way I can explain it is that you you were mentioning how, all the roles that Louis Gus has played, and it made me realize that he this is typecasting for him because for for the Odd Couple, Louis Gus is like their go to, uh, their go to low life. He's always like so in the porno. He's the porn producer, the very crass porn producer. He is the gambler at the Monte Carlo night. He yes, right. Felix's eyeball out and use it uh, as a roulette ball. And then he's the burglar in and uh, two men on a horse, uh, who has that great line when he as he reads Felix's honk on the chalkboard and says, "Maybe they teach geese." And isn't his co-conspirator the accountant in this episode yes yes Yes. okay we haven't gotten there all right so um in lee ferret's office after felix goes for the whole ms 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 mrs ms bit he then does which in the script which he obviously does not do in the show he raises a clenched fist and says right on right on no this is this is for me very funny uh in not a funny way he you know they they have some fun in the show as we know it with the Miz, you know because the build-up has been and it's in the script it's even clearer right they're building up to lee ferret as this like really big tough old white guy and then he's surprised that it's a woman but also that it's a black woman and it's specified in the script that she is a black woman um and what's funny is that in the in this draft, they want to make him, they want to embarrass him over racially as well as gender, uh, because not they cut they have to cut out where not only he's doing the Ms. Miss jokes, but he does a right on uh, fist raise, which is more like an Oscar thing. You see, it reminds me of Oscar's uh, Oscar's uh, calling the guy brother in the in the hospital when he's trying to endear himself to him um and then there's another part but wait there's can i just read more than this what they yeah, cut I mean, yeah it's also felix just getting more and more cringy. i think this is what i was about to do but you you go yeah. do it yeah oh thank you uh so ferret says 
uh, make it easy on yourself, Mister Unger. Is it Mister? Let's and then no, 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 no. Not is it Mister? It is Mister. Just like he was saying, <laughs> it is Miss. Oh, he says right. it is Mister. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then she, and then Felix goes, ah, a little women's lib humor. And then Ferret tries to get on with it, but he won't stop. He goes, you know, I think it's time they hired some women here. After all, they're certainly much nicer to look at. Not that the only thing I'm interested in is how women look at. I like a pretty mind, too. And then she just gets back to business. So it's funny that they, I don't, I can't now, presumably, it's possible. I get the feeling they shot the scene as it's written here with the Louis Gus stuff. So they might be interested to go look and see if they cut around these lines i well. just no i think they just re no i, okay. I think they were updated the script <laughs> someone said no we're not yeah, I, this is not very feel like to say these sort of things it goes, goes too far yeah it goes too far but i'll tell you what's funny i've noticed recently i've yeah. been watching i have i also have had some gotten some quincy scripts <laughs> and there's an episode where he visits there's an episode about marital abuse hmm. and he goes to a battered woman shelter and he talks to this woman who's been beat up and everything. And he talks, she doesn't have a job. And he talks about her getting a job. And he says, you're a pretty girl. You can get a job. <laughs> and so I feel like it's a very, it, it feels so wrong for Jack Logan yeah. to say that, especially in the context of a battered woman's shelter. But I mm -hmm. can see, I can see Tony Randall being really yeah. like Felix. I would never say this. And Felix Unger would never say this. Right. Right. Um. So after that, I think that's the biggest changes from the scene with Lee Ferret. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so back, so the whole build up to where Oscar has to, uh, Felix has to tell Oscar <clears throat> that he's ratted him out. That's pretty much all the same. Where they, and he invites Murray over. And Murray over, yes. Protection. And has, <laughs> right. And Murray has his gun with him. <clears throat> right. Isn't that the scene where he says, did you um, bring your gun? The, let's see. He serves in the bananas flambe, which he lights the cigar. That's in the script. He lights the cigar with the bananas flambe. Oh, the one thing missing because I, I I had to go back to your original notes when we podcasted on it. Um, originally, when Murray comes over, uh, the line is, uh, "Isn't it nice? Uh, the three of us hardly ever get a chance to talk. Let's talk." And what what ends up what they end up doing is they say, "Let's chat." And Oscar has that great reference to um, the Virginia Graham show. Virginia Graham show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that so is in the script. No, Virginia okay. Graham is not in the script. Okay, that's left out then. Uh, and I did not notice that originally. Um, so just like later, the flying nun. Last week we saw the flying nun was not uh, was ad it was sort of ad libbed in. References uh, to, to to other TV shows seems to be something they like to put in there so after um so when murray comes in um and murray says did you tell him yet uh felix says luke's loose lips shrink ships now oscar in the show says tell me what loose lips mm -hmm. but in the script it just says tell me what felix so that definitely feels like an oscar yes. like a jack hugman improv line yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i think he did that on the spot that's good right, right 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 yeah uh, now, actually, I'm, when I'm looking here again at the script, I actually do not think that the whole thing where Felix says, I'm checking now again, did you bring your gun? Uh, I'm trying to see if that's actually here. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's on page. Uh, I asked him to come over. 
Did yes, it is. Did you bring it is in the script? Yes. Okay. So um yeah, this is pretty much as written. The only that there's now here's an interesting case of where the line is there, but I think the line reading is suggested in a different way. Because the joke is they they get Oscar laughing, they're all laughing, and Felix is telling this what happens, sort of what happens if it's really funny. When I was down at the Internal Revenue Service, I inadvertently told them they should investigate you instead of me. And the way it's written, it says, and they're going to, with an exclamation point. But Tony Randall's performance is so much better where he suddenly gets serious. It's right. Like, yes. They're going. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but it does say Oscar starts laughing and then starts to cry, which is what he does. So there's a significant difference in the F, yeah. in the scene where Joshua Shelley, who we're just referencing, the act is the guest actor who plays Oscar's accountant. Um, yeah, although on TV, we just find Oscar and this accountant guy in Oscar's room looking over his his famous football receipts. And now, what what I guess I never thought about till now is so this is not Oscar's bartender, right? He must have gotten a special account because he knows he's being audited. Yeah, we just always took that for granted that he just right. like, found this account. But now we know who yeah, we find out who he is. So do we want to are we reading the scene yes. together? Who's playing who? Do you, uh, you want me to I'll be the account? Oscar. Okay, go ahead. I'll I'll read the stage directions and play Oscar. Okay. Okay. Oscar's bedroom. The room is more of a mess than usual, if that's possible. Interesting writers comment oscar is rummaging through drawers closets etc there is another man in the room he is dressed in a suit and tie and is writing in a notebook he is an accountant ad libs it says in the script interesting uh where that ad libs is oscar is like mumbling as he searches receipts receipts mr madison do we have yeah. to work in this room there isn't one flat surface to write on but all my records are in here Oh, are you in the junk business? And then Felix comes in carrying appliances because Oscar has apparently kicked him out. I'll do Felix. Oscar, I'm yeah. taking the toaster and the blender. Is that all right? This is because Oscar so, has kicked him out, by the way. Right. For, 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 for squealing. Him out. Yeah. Yes. Fine. Just leave me the bottle opener and get out. Is this your new roommate? Indicating accountant. <laughs> This man is an accountant. He's going to help me with my taxes. I'm going to help with his taxes. I admire your courage, he says to the accountant. I admire your courage for walking in here. I heard from Mrs. Ferret this morning. Ms. Ferret. What firm are you with, he says to the accountant. He's not with any firm, Felix. I found him in the supermarket. I'm a freelance. He's got a card table up between the canned goods and the dairy. Between the canned goods and the butcher. A supermarket? Off-season, he's a checker. Off-season, I'm a checker. I always like to have a couple of irons in the fire. When I was a box boy, I sold Christmas trees. He's good with figures. I've got to have this stuff ready for tomorrow, so just keep packing and leave us alone. Felix exiting. If you get hungry, Oscar, there's some tuna fish under the bed. The accountant says, tuna fish? Two for 49. Mr. Madison, this is impossible. Okay, and this is where I think the scene starts on TV. Mr. Madison, this is impossible. Yeah. So yeah. again, hard to tell. They might have filmed it uh, because it just picks up right there. Now, two for 49 is a supermarket joke. Yes. <laughs> I get it. And is checker like checkout? Yeah. You don't. Oh, okay. come on. How do you not know that? But I've never heard it referred to as a checker. 
Yeah, the people who attended the cash registers, they even today are checkers are checkers. Yeah. I never heard that phrase. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's it. That's I don't know. I kind of would have liked that scene to stay yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could I can see how that could be funny. And God, I would I do wonder if it if there was ever here's a good question, Ted. I'm curious what you think. Um we we now pretty sure the Louis Gussine, I'm hundred percent sure the Louis Gussine was filmed. That opening mm-hmm. to the IRS I, office was yes, because he, where is that so where is that tape? <laughs> does my it guess possibly is it's, exist? No, I'm gonna say it does not exist. Right, because the networks were just not interested in keeping Yeah, they cut it if so. if it was literally uh tape you know, film on the floor that was thrown yeah. out. And this is way before DVD collections and extras and directors. Yeah, what's and, interesting, there's a Star Trek DVD where they do have literal film that was like rescued from the floor by somebody in the 60s mm-hmm. that they've shown now i just have a feeling that nobody did that for the article yeah right um and it brings up the question again when every time they do the edits for syndication it's like that's my fear is that certain scenes are, that i remember seeing in the 70s and 80s syndication i think are lost well, I worry that they're lost. They at least those you know showed up somewhere, so that gives them a little more chance to be yeah. right. lost but foundable. I mean, if it ever got, if it ever went into air and syndication, right. yes, then then it's but some, probably with stuff that was cut for the first syndication. That's possible. It's still there could be mass. That gives you some hope that there's master tapes with everything there. Not that they'll ever see the light of day, but somewhere in some Paramount vault. But I think that's not the case for the Louis Gussie. I think that's literally was never included in even Lost. even in the episode as it aired, right? In the in when yes. it first aired ABC, right, right. Uh, so the next, so after Felix agrees to, um, right. So what, accountant, we, the accountant scene ends, and um, and then we're, well, the accountant leaves. Oh, oh there's a, here's here's one difference. Um, yeah, the accountant quits, and he has that yeah. great line. He says, okay, I quit. Why don't you just bring the tax examiner in here and claim insanity? <laughs> now, um, he also has makes a reference to- But that's uh, in the script. That is in the script. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. No, I, I, but I think what comes next is not in the script. Um, by the way, the accountant also refers to uh, uh, matchbook covers, again with the matchbook covers, cocktail napkins, basketball shoes, Chicago shoes. Yeah, that I don't know what that is. What's a Chicago? This is an invitation to anyone out there. Well, what I'm are gonna, Chicago shoes? I'm going to look this oh. up while you're talking. Oh, you're going to spoil it. Okay. So the line ends with, oh, that's where it ends in the, the scene ends in the script. But of course, Oscar has a great, they gave him a new line where after the accountant walks off, Oscar's like staring in confusion and goes, no wonder he's confused. These are my 1968 receipts. That's Which is you, a good one. You're saying that's, that's not, not the script. right on the script. Uh, so right. a Chicago shoe is an original handmade shoe brand that started, mm-hmm. looks like, in 1965. Every shoe is sewn by hand. On the last, a technique similar to the American India true moccasin construction. Oh, uh, that's, that's what weird. I could find. I don't and know why that's... would Oscar why would Oscar have them? And <laughs> I don't know. May, I mean, right. I'm not. Maybe that's but not you know, the... what you're telling me. What I'm getting from you though is that this is kind of a fad. We're nineteen, you know, sixty-five, yes, nineteen seventy-two. Right. It's like a. It's something that just gets a laugh because it's if that's correct. Yeah, much like that whole milk. 
oh my god right thing that we <laughs> um so in the show when felix starts to kind of help correct yes Oscar's, Oscar's still pissed at felix and he says i'll give he needs help he well, but before now, before that, before he starts yeah. to actually want help, he says, "I'll give you the mark of the squealer," and that's not in the script. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, what were you about uh, to do now about the song? This brings us back to an issue we dealt with when we first podcasted about this: is that um, uh, when Oscar finally agrees to let him help. Uh, Felix says nobody can be mad at Felix Unger for long. I'm hard to hate. In the script, Oscar says pass. <laughs> and Felix says strangers will walk out on you when you need them, but not a friend. Friends you can count on. Okay, friend, the old Felix Oscar team is going to plow through this in no time. I don't. That does not end up on air. But this is where, in the original episode that aired, he breaks into the song "Friendship" Cole Porter song. Which oh. we have to get around because that's not in the current version. Right, it's on the DVD. That's so I don't. It's now it's all butchered. But by the but, I'll tell you where you can see it on Pluto. I'm. You know that Pluto it, well, still it's, has. It's Pluto. <laughs> I, you keep saying Pluto that funny way. I'm gonna keep. Damn it! I'm gonna. Okay. Keep it. Uh, I know that uh, Pluto. I don't think I knew those music scenes are on the Pluto versions. Well, you... I haven't checked in general, but I, I started watching them on Pluto a while ago because I found there to be better, the more, more complete, more, more ed better edits, you know, like, like not as heavily edited. And I was surprised when I watched this on Pluto the other night that the friendship song is in there. Oh, interesting. Pluto is also interesting because they, they are airing them in order, in the production order. Oh. Which, uh, so you get the production order from that too. When you say airing uh, them, you talking about on the linear I'm sorry. <laughs> streaming them. Sorry, streaming. Well, oh, sorry. Are, streaming that, them. Is this, are you saying in in the on demand menu they're listed in production order? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. You can easily watch them in production. They, oh. don't, they don't they don't indicate that, but the order that they have them in uh is different than the 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 standard uh author the standard order. Um and which I do recommend. There's not many times it makes a big difference, but I must say season one, it makes a huge difference. If I can go into a quick season one uh, digression, <laughs> just for the season one fans out there. Yes, go ahead. You may have wondered, what's with the Pigeon Sisters? It's like one day they're dating them and they're all about them, but then they go out with someone else and then they're back with the Pigeon Sisters. And it's clear when you watch them in the order that they taped, um, they first go on a date double date with this other couple in Oscar's ulcer and then they meet the pigeon sisters and then they're still dating the pigeon sisters for a couple episodes in a row before they move on to other girls. And so it's much clearer when the pigeon sisters are, because that clearly was part of the original concept for the show is that they would have the, the pigeon sister would be a big part of the show as their girlfriends. Um, and what what really you see happening is that they try that for a few episodes, they give up on it, and the Pigeon Sisters just appear occasionally as wacky neighbors. But if you watch them in the the standard ABC order uh, that they aired in, you get confused of what their status with the Pigeon Sisters is. I see. Okay. Okay. Enough. So back. Uh, so the next major thing I observed is when Oscar goes into Lee Ferret's office. 
he said, yeah. she says to him, here's how much money you the United States government. Do you take credit cards? Oscar says now in the script, it's a little different. He hands him the, she hands him the paper and he says, will you take a credit card? She says, no. Will you take an IOU? She says, no. Will you take a bad check? <laughs> Mr. Madison. And then he says, I don't have that kind of money. Right. right. So there's a little extra dialogue there, which clearly extra. they just didn't. They must have decided right. that that. This is not one of the. This is not one of the times when the threes makes a better joke. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, uh, there is one other thing about the beginning of that scene. Yeah, uh, they do have a little additional uh, lines that I forget when on the, in the TV version whether we see Oscar actually being called to enter the office or whether it starts with him already in the office. I believe the scene starts with "I've been looking forward to meeting you." Yes, they're uh, they're sitting there, and she's just saying tisk right, tisk tisk. Right. So what we have? Oh, right, right, right. So what we have, but what's in the script is they go again with the the cringy politically incorrect stuff, uh, where oh, yes, Ferret's saying yes, receptionist. Well, Mr. that's Madison because wait, her her intercom Ferret, buzzes. Her her stop. Sorry, her intercom buzzes. <laughs> then go. Yes, okay. sorry, intercom buzzes. Yes, Miss <laughs> um, Ferret. Yes. Good afternoon, Oscar says. You know, it's really good to see women in responsible positions. And Ferret says, I've been hearing that a lot lately, Mr. Madison. And then Start says, I've been looking forward to meeting him. Yes, that's a good And then the just then the actually the just this business gets kind of ad lib right in there before before I've been looking forward to meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's a good I'm glad you pointed that out. I didn't I didn't mean to. I I, I meant to too and I forgot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, so then, the one of the final things before uh, there's a line that Oscar says in the show. Well, actually, the line I think the show ends. Yes. If, the so we have to address the tag issue here. Yes. That um, they basically what we'll get to is they wrote a tag that is not in the episode, and they decided to stretch out this scene to give it a, to, to to give the episode a tag. So everything is the same. Up until he, Felix comes in and he, he breaks, you know, he saves the day with the alimony uh, news that well, wait. gets Oscar off the hook. We should say the show actually ends with them leaving the IRS office and Oscar's ta uh, Felix talking about uh, how she always dreamed of coming in at the last moment and saving the day. And Felix asks Oscar, What do you dream about? And Oscar says, Living alone. Right. That's, That's the way the show that ends. The, that is the final tag that they came yeah. up with and there's right. no actual tag in this episode i think doesn't it just well there's end? no new it's not our new scene it's like no what happens no I, oh I, it goes I, to break at some point and then they it come goes, back it's an awkward now it is awkwardly cut right you yeah can tell that they struggle with this so here in the script um there is that great line that is in the episode of like well didn't you ever wonder what happened to his wife i don't know from the looks of the way he keeps his records i just figured he lost her somewhere uh and then, but that, and that's where Felix and Oscar, that's where they break to commercial basically after like you're free to go and they get up to go. And then we have this weird fade out to commercial. Uh, but in the script, it's like, congratulations, Mr. Unger, you too, Mr. Madison. And then we'd have a redo of the, uh, when Ferret called in everyone to congratulate Felix. Remember? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Now we have, come in everybody, Mr. Madison's here. 
we want to shake the hand of the man who turns in the worst return year after year. And Oscar says, where did you find, where did you find those? This is in the, in the episode where did you find those uh, alimony checks they were in a shoebox labeled gambling losses that all saved but then after that the door is supposed to open and the same office personnel look in as before and then gather around and boo oscar yeah he looks got a round of applause yeah all right so let's read the tag that they wrote that they rejected so who's doing what so we're back in the apartment yeah you can be felix i'll be oscar and who's doing stage directions I'll do stage right. Okay. okay, so we're back in the apartment. Oscar is seated at his desk writing. Felix enters through the front door, thumbing through the morning mail, and he hands a letter to Oscar. Here's a letter from you. Here's a letter for you from Internal Revenue. Must be your refund. Hey, great. Have you been keeping your records straight as you promised? Yeah, I've been saving and filing every receipt. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Felix hand. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Felix hands the letter to Oscar, who eagerly rips it open. Felix exits to the hall. The phone on Oscar's desk, desk rings. He answers it. Hello? Yeah, hey, good to hear from you. Unnoticed by Oscar, Un- Felix... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Unnoticed my by Oscar, Felix opens the front door, sticks his head in to see who the call is for. Now, clearly, we're, 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 we're guessing that it's from his bookie. We have forgot to mention 52nd Street Irwin, or as he's named in this episode, Irwin Weintraub. There's a joke that people familiar with the episode will remember that Erwin White, he tries to write off his Erwin as a dependent because he's responsible for so much of Erwin's business. That is the same in both script and show. Uh, so you have to t- keep that in mind while listening to this phone call. Yeah, good to hear from you. Look, I want, it looks at, and he looks at the check. I want $97.14 on Jamaica Bay in the fourth. Oscar. I feel like a, <laughs> uh, Oscar says, "Oh, and be sure to send me a receipt." But it's not that great, right? I think they just they, wanted to do another bookie joke. Yeah. Well, I think a they save themselves from. Well, I maybe it's not a big logistic deal, but they they it would have been another scene set in the living room. I guess they could have done that anytime, right? But I think they realize that that's not a great tag. I think that's why yeah. it doesn't show up. Yeah, I think they also this was a this is a kind of. Big episode for them. Uh, they have you know the the others. The only other set is the IRS office, but it has a lot of people in it. They wrote a lot of stuff for it. It's clear they had they probably cut a lot of this for length. Yeah, but and notice that what they what they did with the tag was also like instead of having a whole new scene, let's just have like the punchline at the end of the uh, ferret scene. But and we but let's not forget that we heard that or, you know was noted by. I think Mark Rothman that they couldn't figure out how to end this episode, so they or how to break the episode, and they that's where how they stole it from, or they they had to get another episode done. There was a reason they stole this from the Honeymooners. Oh, I see. There was some well, type of time crunch. It is it is toward the end of the maybe season. that's it. Maybe that's it. And there, this is when the shows tend to be desperate for new ideas, right? Yeah. Um, but I will say this just to to be fair about the Honeymooners rap. Um, Reading the script, you realize how that part is only that's only the first half of this episode is yes. the, the joke of you forgot to sign your check, Mr. Yep. Cramden. Uh, I must say, like, they, it gets them started. And maybe that was originally the whole joke. But what actually makes this great is that it turns to Oscar. That's right. That's the second half. Yeah, we're not faulting them for copying the honeymooners. I think it's it's a great t- premise. It's a great comedic premise. It's been done. Yes. 
if it's even if it's done twice on TV in 70 years, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, OK, as a reminder to everybody, if you want to be able to read the episodes, uh, please email us at 1049pod at gmail.com and just request access to the Dropbox, Dropbox link and we will send that to you. And so we will be back in the new year. Uh, we probably yes. won't do another one of these until January or so uh, right. with two more episodes. Right. Yeah, hopefully this has not been, hopefully this has been entertaining, fun, revealing, educational, whatever you want to call it. Even if you don't, despite what you said earlier, Garrett, even if people don't want to listen to us drone on about this <laughs> for uh, two hours, uh, that they could get, you know, get access to the scripts. So we're providing a service. Yes that I don't think any other odd couple fan is able to provide. This is true. I think we, it's true. We are breaking new ground. And I think like the most definitive book, odd couple book is the, that most recent one from Mr. Bob Lejack, I believe is how his name is pronounced. But I think we have some new material here. We do. New, uh, discoveries. And we do have, uh, as we teased earlier, we have a kind of historic. Oh yeah. Big one. A big one. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we have a great new year, everybody. Uh, hope you can. Uh, hope Felix comes over to your party and is the life of the party. <laughs> Many happy returns, Ted. I get it. Bye. Bye. Bye.